Today's podcast is brought to you by Harry's for a better way to shave. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code PRIMAL to save $5 off your first purchase. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, introducing your host, L. Russ. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today I have Tony Federico from Paleo Magazine. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, well, we've talked a few times and you've launched something new and interesting with Paleo Magazine, which is an yes. online fitness magazine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Paleo Fitness, it's a digital sister publication of Paleo Magazine. And, and I'm sure all of the people out there or most of the people out there have seen Paleo Magazine. It's the only print publication dedicated to the Paleo lifestyle. And it's been going on for several years now. We've featured everybody in the paleo movement, obviously Mark Sisson and uh, Rob Wolf and you know blogs and books and recipes and all that good stuff. So we've really created a great platform to promote and share information about the paleo lifestyle with Paleo Magazine. But one of the things that we started to think about and kind of in the behind the scenes discussions is what could we do to kind of do, how do we shake things up? How do we do something new? How do we speak to a different audience? And one of the things that came up consistently is what about those people that aren't necessarily sick? What about those people that aren't necessarily dealing with health issues? What about the people that are here for fitness, performance, muscles, looking good naked, you know, all those things. And so I think we're all here to look good naked. <laughs> I think we all read the magazine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice side effect. So that's what we wanted to do with paleo fitness. You know, we're, we're hitting that angle, the angle of you know what, of course this stuff is going to benefit your health, but we're really going to just, you know, look at the, the performance, the appearance, and to try to do that in a really kind of educated and nuanced way. So, you know, there's a lot of standard kind of quote unquote fitness publications out there. And when I was a kid growing up, I remember reading Flex Magazine. You see these dudes that are clearly on juicing. performance enhancing <laughs> supplement. Yeah, yeah, if you want to just be straight with it, they're juicing. <laughs> and uh, it's not green juice. That's it's right. Not, it's uh, not a green smoothie. No, it's not green smoothies. And I think that that, while on one hand you could say, hey, it, it inspired me as a teenager to be interested in fitness in the sense that I'm lifting weights, but I think it certainly contributed to body dysmorphia. It certainly contributed to unrealistic expectations, and it certainly contributed to me taking supplements that are probably unhealthy and unwise um, for an 18, 19 year old. So, yeah, and you, you know, a lot of those magazines still for women or men, and right. I won't name them, it's just like every page is another advertisement for some crazy supplement. Totally. Exactly. And crazy, I think, is the, uh, you know, the, the, the phrase that we're talking about because, you know, there's tons of artificial. If you looked at the, I mean, I'm sure you have the ingredients in some of these products, it's insane. It's every artificial color you could ever imagine. It's all the artificial sweeteners together combined plus caffeine, plus stuff that isn't regulated whatsoever by the FDA. It's just kind of contained under that supplement umbrella. And 
young people are taking it. High schoolers are taking it. And why are they taking this stuff? Because they see these huge jack dudes in the magazines promoting it. And the same thing, like you said, goes for girls as well. And it's, we don't want to contribute to that. We want to elevate the fitness conversation. And so portraying realistic bodies, you know, if you look at some of our covers, uh, we certainly have fit individuals, but all of them have realistic, natural physiques. They're all proponents of the paleo diet. They're all people that are living the lifestyle. They're actually doing the things that we're talking about in the magazine. So it's not like you're going to hear information in paleo fitness that says, hey, look, the, you know, you do this, you're going to look this way. And then we show you a guy that's on steroids or a girl that's hasn't eaten in a week. You know, we're going to show you people that are actually living the lifestyle because that's it's like a food blog that gives you a recipe and, and have you seen those Pinterest fails where it's like, mm, you know, that certainly didn't work out well. You know, right. we don't want that. You know, we're going to mm. give you the information. We're going to give you the images that are realistic and appropriate and healthful and empowering. You know, so it, it, I just feel really excited about this because I've been in the fitness industry for over 10 years. And I, and I think that this might be a good segue into a little of my own kind of personal backstory. I got my first personal training certification when I was 17. Clearly, I'm into this world. I'm into this industry. Wow. I started my first real job was working at a gym. Um, went to school for fitness and wellness as, as part of the UF, uh, University of Florida um, Exercise and Sports Science Program. So I went to school for this stuff. I did my internship with this stuff. I, I did this stuff before I even was in college and right out the gates, I'm working in gyms, you know, so this is something that I've, this is my lifestyle. The fitness world is my, is my world, but I've seen a lot of stuff in the fitness world that I'm not super hot about or, or super keen about. And that's what made paleo so powerful for me when I was first exposed to this information, a client recommended that I read the paleo diet. I guess his, his neighbor was a CrossFit gym owner. So, you know, that clued me in on it. And I'm reading this book. I'm like, wow, this just takes all these things that I just kind of been feeling sort of in the background of my mind, you know, about barefoot running or about eating whole natural unprocessed foods and, you know, about needing good quality sleep. And it just ties it all together in a way that really just made sense to me. And I've always Let's been talk a little, I want to interrupt you on yeah, that. No, go for um, it. So for, for, so, you, you know, you're reading this book and, you know, we've all kind of had that moment where we're like, oh, this, this makes sense. Or I like what they're saying here. Tell me though, what was the before? Like, how were you, I mean, I'm sure you were probably eating like the world told us to eat or following maybe the zone diet or all these other kind of eating programs that were out there. But let's give a snapshot of yeah. what the before Tony was. Like, okay. what was your life like before and what were you feeling? And then when you moved to paleo, what did you notice? Because I, I love <laughs> yeah. to hear that, you know, those stories. There's a very specific before snapshot and it included lots and lots of little Tupperware dishes filled with, you know, yogurt and protein powder and blueberries in one and, you know, little uh, high fiber wheat crackers and peanut butter wrapped up over and something else. And, Oof. you know, so... I thought you had to eat every, you know, every two to three hours. Obviously, there's always going to be got you got to have carbohydrates in there. Got to be whole grains, got to be high fiber. You know, so if you compared my diet to the average, quote unquote, person eating the standard American diet, of course, it's, you know, most people say, well, that was so much better. But my own personal experience of eating that, quote unquote, healthy diet every two to three hours, if I didn't have that little snack, I was a monster. That's right. Cranky you know, monster my wife, comes out. Oh, yeah. My wife can certainly probably re recount many instances where she would wake up. She's like, where's my husband? Uh, because I'd be gone. I had to eat. I had to eat a bowl of cashew cereal. Like, you know, first thing when I woke up, I was so hungry. I couldn't even stay in bed and sleep 
which is probably what I needed to be doing. You know, I was, you know, so that's the diet piece. And then the exercise piece, I'd really absorbed that calories in, calories out mindset. So I thought I had to earn every meal. So if I'm eating six times a day, I got to work out six times a day. I got to do the treadmill and I've got to do the boot camp class that I'm teaching. It's not enough to just kind of be up on my feet and dem demoing exercises. I got to do the boot camp and with intensity. And then I got to lift some weights and then I got to go for an eight, 10 mile run on the weekend because, well, shoot, I'm going to have a treat on the weekend. I'm going to really just binge on the weekend, eat a whole bunch of crap. Well, you know, I burned off a thousand calories running. Well, now I got to eat a thousand calories. And what is that going to look like? Well, it's going to be junk. And so there's this roller coaster of, you know, over-exercising, very strict, but then also very like out of control eating. And I think those two go hand in hand and, and well, they, that might not make sense. When you're a sugar they do. When you're glucose dependent, yeah. you don't have a choice. It's like I try to tell people sometimes that, you know, some people say, oh, well, you're going to tell people it's not their fault. They're sitting on the couch eating a bunch of crap. And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, no. I mean, you, a lot of people, we accidentally turned ourselves into these glucose right. dependent, eat every two, three hours, sugar burning people. And once you make that, you know, change and become paleo fat adapted, it's a whole new world. And oh, yeah. the overtraining kind of has to coincide with the sugar burning to some degree, you know, right? Yeah. You're, you, you, you're consuming all this glucose, now you got to burn it, now you're depleted, you got to replace it again, because now you're tired and weak after the workout. And it's like this nightmare hamster wheel. It's, it's I, I know the feeling and I, I sympathize. Yeah. <laughs> empathize. yeah, and the hamster wheel is a good way to put it. And, you know, I felt, so I'm training clients, I'm teaching classes, I'm supposed to be the picture of health. But I felt like hell. You know, I felt like a zombie, you know, dark circles under my eyes. I was so tired all the time. At a certain point, I had to start pounding, you know, monster energy drinks in the morning just to, you know, wow. kind of keep myself up. I was using exercise to keep myself awake. I was so tired that I would do, you know, some some intervals or, you know, whatever to probably just jack up my cortisol levels and, and keep myself going a little bit longer. So the standard healthy advice put me in a really bad place. And so I think I was maybe ready and open and, and receptive to a change at that point. And yeah, just like you said, so I, I, I find out about paleo. It, it, it did make sense, but then it also was very challenging because I'm like, wait a minute, grains? I can't eat grains? Okay. All right. How am I going to do this? Yeah, it is tough at first. That's brutal. Right. My oatmeal. That was like a, a standard thing every morning. Oatmeal. It's funny you said that. No, that's the last thing anyone wants to give up. Like even if people are <laughs> yeah. willing to believe in the no grains thing, they right. still will say, well, but I still like to have my oatmeal in the morning. You're yeah, like, what is it about oatmeal? Well, you just hear it's, you just, it's supposed to be like this holy grail of healthfulness. Right. It's such conventional wisdom. So to be told that wisdom. you're supposed to take that away, it's, it flies in the face of everything you've heard. Right. It's, it's this false conventional thing. Like, well, that's the healthiest, lower your cholesterol. Like right. this is what it's supposed to do for you. So people think that that's the one they should keep around for some reason. So I'm sure it was hard at first. Like how long would you say it took you to really kind of fully make the transition where you were no longer the eat every two, three hour sugar burner? So the first week I actually had this really kind of a interesting experience. I remember this, this I, I actually just remembered this and I don't think I've ever even publicly stated this. Of course I, I told my friends and family, but I, I don't think that this has ever been on the record for kind of the paleo world to hear, but I was, in my first week, Lauren Cordain, the paleo diet style paleo. So it's, you know, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, you know, relatively lower fat proteins. And I'm in the, you know, in it for a couple days and I'm walking through the kitchen and almost I had an out of body experience and witnessed myself 
going to the pantry to grab a bag of pretzels. Like there's like this, mm-hmm. this, this muscle memory of <laughs> right. need carbs must have, you know, glucose. And oh, I was like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Like I felt possessed for a second. I was like, whoa, that's weird. So, you know, I, I, I got through that. It took a solid couple weeks to really kind of get out of that stage where I was still having the sugar cravings. And in my, you know, it wasn't sugar, sugar. It was starch, really. It was these, sure. you know, this, you know, easily digestible, uh, you know, refined carbohydrates that just turn right into sugar. So that was the thing that I was really kind of craving. But after a couple of weeks, I started feeling good. I started feeling really good. And, um, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep this thing going for 30 days. Great. So I do that first 30 days. I'm like, well, why don't I keep it going for 60 days? Boom. Another month. Why don't I get it going for 90 days? Boom. But what I was doing initially, I was being a little too strict. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to have no alcohol. I can't ever, you know, I can't drink anything. Can't, you know, nothing, nothing. So it's just such a strict version of paleo that I still had some of those binge episodes where it's like, well, I'm not going to eat gluten, uh, except for on the, the, the one day a month and then boom, 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 just like go crazy for like a whole day or go out or something and, and totally like binge out and feel disgusting. I was like, okay, well that's not really, I, I don't think that that's part of this paleo thing either. So <laughs> the once a week binge. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because psychologically for me, the, the damaging effects and physically even the damage, you know, you'll see kind of a treat day or a cheat day or whatever, kind of as, as part of a lot of kind of fitness programs, like, yeah, let off some steam, kind of, you know, go off the rails for a day and, and kind of just have that for me, it really just didn't work. And, and what I think ultimately did work, and I really have to say, this is a, a big testament to Mark Sisson is, you know, I read his book and it's like, oh, okay, there can be indulgences. There can be pleasure. You know, we can still have things that taste good. And, you know, I don't want to say are, are maybe hedonistic, but pleasurable that are good for you. And so it wasn't until maybe like that three month or so mark that, uh, that I read the primal blueprint and I started getting on board with a different flavor of paleo. You know, maybe you could say it's the more primal approach where it's, okay, instead of really being restricted all day, every day, I have kind of paleo primal indulgences like that piece of dark chocolate, or I have, you know, if I want to have an alcoholic beverage, it'll be a low sugar, gluten-free, you know, very well-made hard cider or something like that. Right. And so I found that these gray area indulgences kind of just sprinkled into my normal daily routine as I feel I want them. It's not like on Friday I'm scheduled to have, you know, something to drink, but if I feel like I want it, I'll have it. That just kind of created a whole different level where, you know, for the first time I started getting out of this, you know, always got to be tracking the food in and tracking the food out and just kind of let my intuition, let my body guide me. And obviously getting off the sugar train and getting more fat into my diet, I'd always been, well, at least as long as I'd been in the fitness industry, I'd been on that low fat thing, getting some fats in there, getting some coconut oil in there, getting some butter in there. I'm starting to feel like, whoa, I can go a couple hours without eating. If I don't have my meal right at this exact time, it's not the end of the world. I don't have to like get hangry and yell at people if I don't, you know, have my, my snack time. So, you Such know, it just took the freedom, edge off. Isn't it? It's so totally. interesting that, you know, uh, you can go eight hours and have mental energy and physical stamina and energy and not have any dips, um, where that would never be possible on the eat every two, three hours kind of program. And that was the biggest selling point for me because I didn't have 
like a, an overt health issue that I was dealing with. You know, I didn't, I didn't look like I needed an intervention. I was norm, you know, normal weight. If anything, I was a little underweight, you know? So by all sort of measures, my cholesterol was quote unquote good. My, you know, BMI was good, body fat, all that stuff. So everything kind of looked good on the surface, but my subjective experience with the conventional fitness wisdom was so, so out of whack and so out of line with, I think, what my body really needed. And, and who's to say that it wouldn't have turned into an overt health issue had I gone on another few years? I'm sure my adrenals would have absolutely collapsed if I'd stayed on that track. Sure. And your testosterone would probably have gotten lower because yeah. of the elevated cortisol and everything else. Um, so I'm sure then your fitness really, you probably chilled out. You're probably working yeah. out way more before. And right. that must have been a really interesting sense of freedom and probably kind of a, a mind screw a little bit too. And you're so used to working out all the time. Yeah. What I realized is that you you can use exercise as almost like a drug. And I think that that was kind of where I was. You know, I was using exercise to get myself kind of up and going. I was using exercise to alleviate anxiety, like if, you know, it's sort of a means of controlling my mental state, which it certainly does. Um, and in the appropriate dose, I think that that's great. But if you're doing that all the time, that's a problem. So I certainly feel like I was coming from a place of exercise addiction, yep. where if I didn't get that run in on Saturday morning, it was, uh, you know, I can't handle it. But you know, getting off that sugar bandwagon, getting my, you know, my, my body kind of chilled out nutritionally. So I'm putting good stuff in now. I started to be able to ease off the gas pedal with my physical exercise. And I started to do shorter uh, bouts of exercise. You know, my typical workout now might really just be a half an hour, if that, you know, basic things, body weight stuff. You know, I, I'd always been interested in kind of fun physical activities like rock climbing, which I had done for you know several years when I was in college, and then joining a boxing gym and actually coaching there and, and working with uh, people learning how to you know to box just to to actually do the the sweet science, the sport of boxing. And, you know, so I'd always had an interest and an engagement in kind of playful uh, aspects of fitness. So I, I kept that going, but my quote unquote work, like the actual work of of exercise really just sort of dissipated. And I don't really do a whole lot of that anymore. And that's continued, you know, this is, you know, probably going back 2010 when I first made the switch over to paleo. And, you know, here we are five years later and I work out way less than I did before. And I think I look a lot better, even though I'm older and, you know, life has gone on and all those things. So, you know, I, I didn't suffer. Um, the quantity of exercise wasn't necessary. It was too much. And I always had this fear and I always had this fear, like if I don't always work out, if I'm not like just grinding and, and pushing, 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 I'm going to get fat, you know, because that's kind of what we're told that we're, our bodies are programmed to just be thrifty and we have these genes and they're just going to suck up all the food and just make us fat. And what I found is, no, if you eat a biologically appropriate diet for a human being, that's more than half the battle right there. And then your exercise is just like a little like boop, 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 little dose here, little dose there. Just kind of keep everything humming, keep everything moving. And um, that's, I mean, that's been super liberating and super freeing. And, and I'm, I'm super grateful um, to have learned that before it was too late. Yeah, because when you, you know, uh, when you're a sugar burner and you're on that, that bad hamster wheel, 
the overexercising kind of goes hand in hand and it's kind of, yeah. it's stressful, not just like your body, but it's stressful mentally, right? To know, like, I've got to put these two hours in or else it's two steps forward, one step backward, two step, yep. you know, you feel like you never really get anywhere unless you're always working out where when you're paleo and like you said, biologically appropriate diet <laughs> for, for human yeah. beings, it's 80% of your body composition is what you eat. And, you know, if people just could master that, you know, and the willpower for that, they would see changes. No one even has to lift a finger in that first month if they didn't want to in order to see the benefit right. where that's really much harder to do with the eat every two, three hour type of uh, program. So tell us now, a lot of times what happens is, is, you know, people pre paleo, then they go paleo and then they realize that they had symptoms they didn't know they had until they went away, you know? So mm. what were some things that you sort of experienced? I mean, other than obviously what you've talked about, was there something like, wow, I'm, I'm not stuffy anymore? Or, or did you reintroduce then like weed at one point and we're like, oh my God, this is just horrible. Or like, you know, cause there's certain reactions. Like I didn't really realize dairy was that much of an issue for me until I completely quit it. And same with wheat. Now, if I had, um, actually I had a dip at a Greek restaurant recently, it was a fish roast bread, but, mm. um, I got really stuffy and, and weird. And I called them and I said, can you just list the ingredients? Well, there are breadcrumbs in there ah. and you would never even know it, but they blended them in there probably to thicken up the, you know, right. the dip. And I was literally so stuffy. I had to take Benadryl, you know, which I don't do that kind of thing. So I'm just wondering, were there any sort of food sensitivities and things that you realized? I mean, obviously humans have food sensitivities just biologically, but, you know, tell us a little bit about some of the things you might have experienced. Yeah, there, there really was. And this is kind of a funny one. And, and I don't know if, I, I don't know if anyone else has had this experience, but this is my experience. Um, restless leg syndrome. I used to, oh, I at that. the end of the night, just feel this crazy sensation of like, just can't get comfortable. Like got to, mm -hmm try to move and try to stretch. And, you know, my, my foot's kind of wanting to do this, you know, sort of thing where I'm like, ah, trying to get the feeling out. There's this just like weird feeling down the legs, in the feet. And at a certain point I realized, whoa, that's gone. So that nighttime restless legs, which who knows what that's all about. You know, some strange. Uh, I'll tell you, no, I'll conduction. tell you, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually had serious restless legs and oh, there you go. But no, kindred, I mean, this is kindred, a good thing. <laughs> restless spirits. Restless <laughs> that's spirits. Right. First of all, it's a horrible thing to have. You cannot, right, you sucks. are constantly like, you don't have a choice. You're constantly readjusting. You're in bed all night. You're like readjusting. You're like, it's, it's really uh, something you are compelled to do. You do not have a control over. When I had it, it was due to low ferritin, which is low iron storage. And the reason that that might have been the case for you is when we do consume grains, right? Because they're anti-nutrient oh, yeah. and because they block the absorption of other nutrients, it's possible that your body wasn't absorbing the iron that you mm. were even giving it. And so usually, and anyone out there, if you do have restless legs, go get a ferritin test. And for men and women, it should be between 70 and 100 Anything really below 60 or 50 is kind of like, uh-oh, maybe need to talk to your doctor about adding a little multivitamin with iron. And I wouldn't suggest people just go do that. But, you know, there, there is something behind that. Um, for me, it was the, the low iron. Uh, it was, it's a kind of a, an anemic sort of situation. So it could have been resolved just naturally because then your body probably started to absorb more iron in all of the nutrients you were feeding it. So, right, if you're eating steak or you're eating liver, it doesn't matter how much how many burgers you're giving yourself if you're also throwing in the anti-nutrients that then block absorption, right? So it's interesting you brought that up because I've, I've yeah. not really talked to anyone who experienced that other than me, and it is 
horrible. It's like the worst thing in the world. And now I know because I am a menstruating female. You're not, but we lose. We, we lose <laughs> the last time I checked. No. Last time we, but we lose more iron than most people, especially mm. if you're a exercising menstruating female. And so, one time about uh, a couple of years ago, I, I I started to feel the restless legs, and I was like, ding, 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 and I mm. went and got my ferritin tested, and it had dropped a little bit, and I was like, okay, and so I just got it back up, and I was fine again. It's almost as if it was like my body's memory saying, remember this, you better get with the program before this gets worse. So. Yeah. You know, it was like an indication. Um, so well, oh, that's interesting. That so they went that. away. Well, you know, one thing, you know what? It, that's the first I've ever heard of that. And it makes sense because I remember I was giving blood one day and I used, you know, I, have, I haven't been doing great with my blood donation lately. But, you know, for a while there, I was giving blood pretty consistently. As, you know, as soon as your time comes up, boom, you know, they send you a little reminder, you go donate blood. So I'd been doing that pretty consistently. I do remember I had a couple times where my iron level was too low for me to donate, which That's right. is kind of unusual for a guy from what I hear. Well, it's funny you said that because I did just speak with someone recently who went paleo, an older gentleman. He's like 63 years old. He went paleo about a year ago, lost a bunch of weight, skin conditions went away, but he regularly donates blood. And when he went last time, he said, they said, I couldn't give it. And I said, well, let's get your iron tested. Turns out his ferritin was at the bottom of the range. Mm. So to everyone listening, be careful if you are donating blood regularly and you need to have that checked on a regular basis. Because sometimes when you get so low in iron, no amount of food is going to get you back up. Really. At that point, it doesn't matter how many burgers, how much liver, you kind of do need supplementation. You know, well, and of course, at this time, this is my chicken breast era, my <laughs> protein powder era. So I certainly was not uh, in the mindset that eating red meat was OK because right. you're told that you're not supposed to eat red meat, that it's going to kill you. Saturated fat's the devil. So, you know, you combine giving blood and not really having any solid food sources. And that makes sense. So you just uh, kind of blew my mind there. <laughs> just kind of right. clarify, clarify that up. But also to everyone listening, you know, it's important. You know, men and women, especially even donating blood, but men and women, you got to get ferritin checked. It's iron storage. It's extremely important. There's all sorts of other iron tests, but really you can just knock it out. Everyone can even do it on their own. 50 bucks, private MD labs or any, you know, kind of lab and, and get it tested. It really should be between 70 and 100. Hi, listeners. It's Brad Kearns here to talk to you about one of my favorite subjects in the world, shaving. <laughs> okay, maybe it's just an ordinary subject, but when you get serious about your shaving and go to harrys.com for the very finest quality blades you can buy in the world at an affordable price and not have to bother with hassling at the store for those extremely overpriced and inferior quality blades from the name brands, that's right, harrys.com is a direct order shaving blade and accessories company where you can get the finest quality blades in the world direct from their factory in Germany at a fraction of the price of the outrageous prices that they charge, even in the big box stores, for those name brand blades which are inferior quality. I have to admit, I never really paid much attention to the quality of my shave, and I don't even shave unless I have to leave my house and go see people, which is rare occasions. But I have to say, when I started using Harry's products, there's a discernible improvement in the closeness of the shave, the comfort, the lack of itchiness afterwards, and also chicks dig it. I mean, I have received lengthier and more frequent gazes everywhere I go after shaving with Harry's products, and you will too. Well, maybe results will vary, but you might as well try it because their starter kit is only $15. And when you use our code PRIMAL, 
you get an additional $5 off so you can get started with high-quality shaving, see how it works for you, for only $10, and then get on the program. You can reorder automatically. Shipping is always free, and you'll always have those clean, top-quality blades from harrys.com. So, okay, so restless legs. So yeah, restless that, legs. that went away, and then what else did you notice? Well, acid reflux, because that's the thing mm. that, you know, people just assume, well, you eat a big meal, you're going to get, you know, a little reflux, a little heartburn. Well, that goes away completely. I don't even know the last time I've had that. So, you know, clearly the digestive process is, is humming along much more smoothly. You know, you don't have the sugar high and then the afternoon crash. I mean, that two o'clock crash, that afternoon crash, I'm super productive now during that time. Yeah, me too. You know, I'm podcasting. I'm making things happen. You know, I train eight, 10 clients in the morning, do a whole bunch of administrative work, you know, running a, a fitness center, boom, come home, podcast, pad, you know, I'm doing stuff. Before I was down for the count. If I was driving home, I'm falling asleep at the wheel. So, right, without you know, like a monster a, energy at your console. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and even with caffeine, it wouldn't even phase it, you know, so it was mm-hmm. just a, a deep, deep, deep uh, kind of energetic collapse right in the middle of the day and that's gone. So between more consistent energy throughout the day, better digestion every time I eat and the elimination of a creepy, crawly, crazy, restless leg sensation, I was like, this, this is for me. This is working. That's awesome. So that's great. And so now it's been like about five years and tell us how you got involved with Paleo Magazine. You're a regular contributor to the magazine yeah. and you, you do the podcast. So tell us about that. How'd you get involved with them? Well, this is a, another opportunity. I mean, Mark Sisson, he's uh, the reason. Just very specifically, I uh, <laughs> had read the Tim Ferriss four-hour workweek um, book and I had just kind of gotten paleo and so this is, you know, 2010, feeling good. I'm in the fitness business. I'd already been writing for years for, you know, local publications and things like that, doing articles and columns and whatnot. So I'd been writing, I'd, 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 I wanted to now take this new information. I wanted to share it. How do I do that? And so I just read the four hour work week. And one of the things Tim Ferriss talks about in that book is how do you get yourself out there? How do you, how do you kind of shake up your own personal dynamic and, and kind of make some things happen? He's like, call the person that you admire, call the person you want to talk to and just try to talk to them, do an interview, do something. And so I'm, right in the thick of reading the paleo diet and reading the paleo solution and reading the primal blueprint. So I'm like, well, shoot, I'm going to try to get a hold of some of these guys. So I'm sending out messages on Facebook. I'm sending out emails. And, um, I don't know who I contacted initially. I think I had, uh, messaged, uh, Mark through his Facebook page and gotten him back. Well, Hey, really appreciate your interest. Glad that you're, you're, you're feeling good with all this stuff. But, you know, I'm very busy at the moment and, you know, kindly would, you know, I'll, I'll pass on, this interview with this totally unknown uh, random person who's reaching out to me, which at this point in my life, I totally understand. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to take no for an answer. I just read this Tim Ferriss Good book about you. persistence. <laughs> and so I, I think I had gotten an email address for him somehow from somebody. And so I hit him up through the email and I don't know if I got around whatever assistant had maybe blocked me before or I caught him in a good mood or something like that. But he's like, sure, let's do the interview. So get Mark Sisson on the phone have this conversation with him. It was great. Take that. Um, I actually, it was funny. My wife volunteered to transcribe the interview for me. So she transcribes it and I take it and kind of clean it up a little bit. And now I've got this Mark Sisson interview and this is, you know, I'm just fresh into the paleo world. I'm like, this guy's, that's awesome. The, he's the man. 
and and, and I'm going to be able to pitch this to men's health. I'm going to get into men's health because that's the magazine that I'm thinking of. Sure. You know, conventional fitness guy, men's health, that's the magazine. So I'm pitching to men's health and I'm pitching to, you know, some of these other kind of fitness magazines in the traditional world. And at some point I stumble upon Paleo Magazine. I'm like, whoa, Paleo Magazine, that's perfect. I'm like, this is exactly the magazine that's going to be the one that's going to take this article and they're going to publish it and I'm going to, you know, get my <laughs> foot in the door. And so I email, I, I, I had known of Liz Wolf um, through Facebook and she was on the contributor list for Paleo Magazine. I'm like, hey, Liz Wolf, uh, can you give me an email address for someone at Paleo Magazine? She's like, sure. You know, this Kane guy. I'm like, all right, got an email. Kane Credicott, boom. Hey, I've got this interview with Mark Sisson. Can you publish this interview? It's, it's great. You're going to love it. No response. Hey, Kane, just wanted to follow up. No response. Hey, Kane, just want to see if you got that interview. Oh, hey, man, you know, uh, super busy. What do you want to do now? So there's like this six month back and forth process, you know, for me getting in touch with Kane, who's the editor in chief of Paleo Magazine, who I know very well at this point, but and his, you know, email box, I'm sure is a nightmare then. And it is, you know, it is now. Finally, he's like, OK, we'll we'll run it on Paleo Mag online. So send him the interview. It's still up there. So I'll, I'll send you the link for it because I think. Please do. We'll yeah. post it on the on the I think, blog. I think the knowing show. the backstory, yeah. it's gonna give you a much different perception of the interview. So this is a guy, no paleo experience whatsoever, gets like his paleo hero on an interview. So that's the interview, basically. It's but so none of that great. backstory, that. nobody, you know, that's not that's not at all like shared to the reader. So that no, you know, nobody really knows that except sure. you do now and then whoever is listening to this now. So it gets on Paleo Mag online as an online article. And my next step was, okay, so I got a connection to this guy, Kane at Paleo Magazine. How do I, how do I build this? How do I keep this thing going? So I'm like, oh, there's this, this event, Paleo FX, that's coming up. How do I get involved in that? I'm like, well, I need to get a press pass. Well, I'm like, hey, Kane, I'm going to go to this thing called Paleo FX. Uh, I would love to write an article about it. Um, can I, can I publish that? Or, you know, can you guys publish that? Were you interested in that? And he's like, oh, okay, sure. If you're going to go, great. You know, I'm obviously paying my own way. I'm paying my own lodging. I'm, you know, doing all those things. So now, now I got my, my assignment, go back to the paleo FX people. I'm emailing Facebook and finally get a hold of someone. Hey, I'm with paleo magazine. I'm going to, you know, I want to cover your event months of finagling and back and forth go by. Finally, uh, Michelle Norris and, and, and Keith Norris, I think they're like, this guy, he says he's from Paleo Magazine. Sure, we'll give him a press pass. So I get a press pass and I'm at the very first <laughs> nice Paleo FX. And I'm like walking around. I've got my lanyard on. This is Tony Federico, Paleo Magazine. So now I get to talk to everybody. And I'm hanging out with you know people whose blogs I've been reading. And I'm meeting Di you know, Diane Sanfilippo. And I'm meeting Angela Coppolo from the the Paleo, you know, his This Week in Paleo or uh, today in paleo and is this crazy experience. Cause I'm up in the, you know, the back of the house. I'm, I'm in the world where it's like, well, these are the people that are moving and shaking, making things happen. And so, you know, obviously from that, I wrote the, you know, I wrote, did the write up for paleo magazine and that was the start, you know? So now I had done a couple pieces for free basically. And then something came up, Hey, Tony, can you do this thing? Boom, do it. Turn it in on time, edited, clean grammars, correct. You know, punctuation's correct. Now I'm in the loop. And so that's really how it all started. You know, that's so great. It's such a great story of, first of all, perseverance works. Secondly, when you really pursue what you love, it eventually does work out. If you're passionate about it and you keep doing it. And, you know, as a writer, 
I can't even tell you how many things I've written for free, right? Oh, totally. You know, I mean, you just you just do it on spec, as they call it in Hollywood, and you know, then you you know pitch your TV shows or whatever you do, and a lot of it is writing for free yeah. before you even get paid. But when you're so passionate about it, you you love doing it anyway. It's so much fun. There's no exactly. It's not work, and you know that it eventually works out. That's such a great story. And, and by the way, yeah, Mark <laughs> is the man. He totally is. I, I have so many great stories about Mark, but I saw him yesterday. Um, and I, I went to his house and seriously, every, after I saw Mark, I texted Brad, Brad Kearns, the host of this podcast too, and also Primal Endurance podcast and co-writer with Mark. And I, I texted Brad and I'm like, damn it, Mark looks so good. He's 62. This is killing me. It's like, you know, I go to Mark's house and you leave and I'm like, I, I'm not eating another carb <laughs> for the rest of my, I mean, you know, <laughs> no, no, but I mean, really it's, it's, he's such an inspiration and to ever think that someone who was 20 years older than me would be my fitness health hero is hilarious to think that, yeah. that I would have never guessed, you know, and, um, he really walks the walk. Uh, he and Carrie look amazing and they're just, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been like hiking in Malibu and I'm walking up the mountain and I see two people walking down the mountain, you know, like one guy's got his shirt off and I'm like, damn, looking good. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh shit, that's Mark. Oh man, girl, you know, weird, you know, like with his wife. And I mean, I'm not like, obviously I'm not attracted to Mark, but you know, you just, I'm in such admiration of how they live their lives and the totally. youth that they have. They are such an example of you do not have to get old. Yeah. That's in your mind. And that's, that's just the bottom line. So I'm so glad he inspired you too. He's constantly a source of inspiration. And so is his wife. Um, you know, again, I've been in Malibu before and like been driving by somewhere and looked out the window and seen two gorgeous women in you know, workout clothes and, and said to myself, damn, nice work ladies. And then I'm like, oh man, that's Carrie. Uh, it's Carrie and her friend. Like, you know, I'm scoping out like my, nice. <laughs> my boss and his wife, you know, I'm not even realizing it. And it's, so it's, it's really it's great to be around them just because it's, it's always such inspiration. You know, and, it, and it's a testament, I think, to the power of a single interaction. Like Mark had no idea what was going on in my life and all these things. That, you know, I'm this guy. I'm a personal trainer. I've had all these ups and downs. I've got my whole story. He doesn't know any of that. He's like, oh, this guy wants to interview me. Okay, great, fine. Gives me a half hour of his time or, or whatever it was for the interview. It changes changes your life my life a little bit, yeah. And, yeah. and now I'm writing articles every issue of Paleo Magazine. I'm hosting a podcast that goes out every single week. You know, so who's to say that, you know, somebody who might listen to this might be inspired to go off and do something or, you know, so it's like ripples in a pond. And, and I think that it's a testament to, you know, how when you're in this world where you're focused on trying to help people, literally, truly trying to help people. And I think that that's so needed. You know, there's there's plenty of things that you can do to make money. Right. Plenty of jobs. There's plenty of ways to occupy your time. But if you're really dedicated to how do I reach people, help people, and from a genuine, authentic place, and and it's not you know it's not about making people feel bad about themselves. It's about building them up and giving them tools that they can use and empowering them to to make themselves in this world a better place. You know that is a powerful thing, and that's a very real thing that I've experienced. And I think that you know. Uh, if we can all get on this train, if we can all, you know, we're talking to our friends and we're talking to our family and we're excited about this stuff and we're living it, you know, we don't have to necessarily even beat people over the head with it. If we just kind of put that energy out there, I think that we can, we can change the world. And, and that might seem like a lofty goal, but you know, even if you change your own life, that, that little world that you live in now is different. 
And enough of those start happening, enough of these fires start burning, and, and the whole world's going to catch on fire in a great way, in a good and way. And we're seeing that. And we're yeah. seeing that already. You know, we got that cover of Time magazine that came out, said, you know, right. everything we knew about fat was wrong, eat butter. And, you know, <laughs> there's all sorts of uh, great things on the horizon. You know, Mark being a big part of that, he obviously, he changed my life. He's certainly... Uh, my hero, uh, Mark and his wife. And, you know, Mark also is one of the most encouraging, least judgmental people when it comes to fitness. I mean, you know, Mark and Carrie have never not been fit, you know, so they mm -hmm. may not understand what it's like to have a horrible food addiction or be obese. But when it comes down to just being open and, you know, you heard him talk at the last Paleo FX and he talked about, hey, these are just choices, you know, he's very forgiving and he, he gets it, you know, um, right. he's, yeah, he's a great guy to work for. Let's talk a little bit about um, this Paleo Fitness magazine a little bit more. I can either go online or I can have an app, correct? Can you tell us how it works? Like give us the yeah, logistics? Totally. Yeah. So the, the easiest thing to do is to pull up in iTunes, if you search Paleo Magazine, it'll it'll come up along with the standard Paleo Magazine app. Because if you're a subscriber to Paleo Magazine, you can access all of our issues through the app. Uh, you So you get that digital version just as part of your uh, subscription. There's a separate standalone app for Paleo Fitness. Like I said, if you go on the App Store and, and type Paleo Magazine, it'll come up along along with that. Um, the app is what allows you to download each issue. And each issue comes with a free full access two-minute preview. So you can try it before you buy it. Um, it's content from people like Al Cavadlo. It's content from Ben Greenfield, uh, Stacey Toth, um, you know, Jill Coleman. We've got top people in the fitness world with great perspective on this, this thing that we're trying to do. And if you like it, if you like the preview, it's $2.99 to buy uh, the, the copy forever. And I think we actually have the July issue set for free access, totally free, free preview and also free. So you don't even have to pay for that one. So if you want to just check out a full issue, the July issue is 100% accessible. You can check it out and do that. Um, so it's $2.99 for the year? I mean, uh, $2.99 per issue. Okay, got it. But the July issue is zero. So you can, you can get that one for no dollars. Um, and it's every other month, just like Paleo Magazine, it's the same production values as Paleo Magazine. So great graphic design, tons of takeaways, tons of really kind of focused, actionable content. We want this to be, we want to give people so much value for tuning into it or to, to downloading it. You've got recipes, we have product reviews. Um, obviously, we did, we've done uh, some product reviews for you guys. We did a Paleo uh, Mayo product review. Uh, so the, have you tried the Primal Kitchen Mayo yet? I've got some in my fridge right awesome. now. It's so good. Yeah, totally. yeah that's one of yeah. those things that when I was uh, when I was a kid, some people like mayonnaise, some people don't. I, I love it. loved mayonnaise. I just thought it was great. Sandwiches. What's that other stuff? Miracle Whip. If you put that on a sandwich, I will, I will throw that sandwich on the ground. That is a, a yep. that is a catastrophe. Um, I thought I wasn't going to ever be able to eat store-bought Me too, because there's no mayo out there that's healthy. Right. I gave it up when I went paleo. I thought, forget about tartar sauce and, and mayo, <laughs> yeah. you know? So mayo's back. So that was great. So we want to showcase those types of things where, you know, it might be a great nutritional supplement that actually fits the paleo lifestyle, like Natural Force brand or some of the stuff that they're doing over at uh, Paleo Inc., we want to showcase these voices in the fitness world, like Nate Miyake, who are who are doing really cool things that are informed by an ancestral approach. 
you know, showcase the product, showcase unique recipes that you're not going to find anywhere else. So, you know, we think that it's a great magazine and a great value. Um, so hopefully people check it out and, and if they do and they like it, you know, obviously if, if they leave us a review and, and give us some comments or just email me, Tony at paleo mag online and let me know what you think. I'm the editor of it. So I'm putting the thing together. So, you know, it's got my fingerprints all over it. So uh, go easy on you. <laughs> so yeah, take it easy. Be gentle now, but, uh, you know, I, I love to hear what people think. I love to hear what we maybe could add or do in the future or do better. Um, positive, negative feedback, whatever, give it to me. But uh, yeah, that's the deal with Paleo Fitness. And, and we're rolling with this thing and really just putting a lot of, a lot of heart and soul and energy into to making it really cool. Nice. And do you coach people? Do you do paleo coaching or coach people in fitness? I am a, my, so all of this paleo stuff, the blogs and the, the articles and the podcasts and all this, this is just all my free time. This is my hobby basically because uh, my regular world, quote unquote, is uh, as the director of a fitness center in a, in a community here in Jacksonville, Florida. And so I'm in charge of the massage therapy and the kids club and the personal training and the facility and the pool and all that stuff. Train about 30 to 40 clients per week. So I'm grinding. So I'm doing all this stuff. I'm face to face with people. I'm up on my feet, coaching, training, you know, making stuff happen um, in that aspect of my life. And I'm bringing the paleo approach into that world. But it also informs me and teaches me, well, how do you reach people that aren't in the paleo world? How do you talk to people that are, aren't reading Mark's Daily Apple and reading paleo magazine and, and what's a convincing argument for somebody or what's a convincing point of evidence for somebody. And, and I think that having that experience literally every single day is such a great resource so that I can think about that stuff. And then I can kind of come into the paleo world and, and have that sort of in the background where it's like, okay, I'm going to maybe take that middle road. I'm going to find that gray area. I want to, I want people to be comfortable and, and to learn how to live in balance, which isn't extreme. It's not black and white, you know? So, so that's really the thing that I, I try to bring to the paleo world and then also to my, my day to day and, and try to blend those two, um, you know, very different kind of scenes. Um, but it's, it's a, it's an enjoyable thing, even though it's a challenging thing. It's, it's something that I've, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to do what I do. Love it. And what, um, you know, you've got your finger on the pulse of all of this stuff. You're in the heart of it. What do you feel is like, um, let's go through a couple questions. What do you, what has been the biggest objection you hear, you know, right? It's from people that are non-paleo. Mm. Uh, there's so many classic ones, but what's, what's a common one you, you've heard over the years? I would say probably one of the most common things that comes up is still the, well, cavemen didn't really live that long, did they? <laughs> Oh, yes. So I like to say, well, hey, if you factor infant mortality into their lifespan, sure, you're going to come out with a low average. And I like to give people the example of, do you remember when you're in school and you got a zero for not turning in an assignment? Remember what that did to your average? Yeah, it, it dropped your average in half. And you know how hard it is to build that back up? Well, if you're averaging in the fact that a lot of babies, unfortunately, didn't make it back in the paleo time, well, yeah, now you're going to get a lower average mortality. So I kind of have like a little bit of a, you know, a mental workaround for, for that argument. But that's probably still the top one. And then yeah. people are saying, you know, still, well, you know, if I don't eat those whole grains, where am I going to get my fiber? I'm oh, like, hey, have you heard of a, have a, a fruit and a vegetable? <laughs> yeah. You know, so there's literally nothing that is in whole grains that you can't get in a better way from something else. So those would probably be the top two objections that I still hear 
Um, and maybe a third would be, well, fat gives you or clogged arteries. I'm like, really? Do you think that our body is going to store toxic, you know, toxic saturated fat? I would like to give our, ourselves a little bit more credit than that. So what happens when you miss a meal? You're burning fat. What kind of fat is that? Saturated fat. So saturated fat is so bad. Why do we store it literally on ourselves? Yeah. Why, you know, why is breast milk 50% saturated fat? Breast milk. Yeah. So that's just nature's way of saying we need it. Right. So, you know, sometimes yeah. you got to talk people through it a little bit. But, you know, I think having uh, knowing knowing the truth or knowing the the science, I think, is great because then you can listen to that and say, hey, you know what? That's a great that's a great point. But here's what was going on with that. Here's why. Here's why that what you said is true, but then it not also true. Right. Here's the nuance behind it. Like same thing with the whole, you know, well, fat, heart disease. You're like, sure. In the presence of a high carbohydrate diet. Exactly. Yeah. You should be worried about eating that fat off your steak. You really should, but not yep. when you're paleo low carb living. And you know, the objection on the longevity, it's not just the infant mortality. If you were a teenager and got a scrape and it got infected, you're exactly, done. totally. You're done. I mean, there's so many million. Or you know, you got a, a bite from a tiger. Uh, there's no amputation happening in the middle of that. Hey, you if know, you the told, tundra. If you told me that I had to go live out in the woods for the next month, I would be very concerned for my my well being. <laughs> yeah. I might not make it 30 days. So my right. lifespan would be cut very short if I had to fend for myself in the wilderness today, knowing you know, knowing even everything that I know. So yeah. Come on, seriously, people, do you think it was their diet that was killing them? No, it was the saber-toothed tiger bite that that got infected. It was the flu, you know, you didn't have the, you know, vaccines for. But anyway, you know, you got to take those things in stride. And I think that's part of being a change maker or being a, a kind of a forward thinker, somebody who's kind of on the edge of, uh, of a movement that's really trying to kind of break through some inertia and a lot of, you know, government-sponsored... False information. False information, yeah. So, you, you know, people have been programmed to think one way. Well, yeah, there's going to be some resistance to that. But, you know, I think that with deliberate and consistent kind of effort on our part, we'll, we'll break through. What about... Um, I love, love the objections. And then also just, you know, because you're... What's, what's the latest thing you're hearing now or that you're interested in, whether it be a product that you found that you love or, or is there some sort of, you know, exercise nuance or something you're like, you know, I'm really into this lately, or this is what I found recently that I'm kind of excited about. Well, you know, so it's funny kind of being in the fitness world, you get a little bit jaded, I think. And it's just because you see stuff come and go. And, and if anything, I'm excited about kind of the idea of almost getting away from new stuff and just kind of going back to like the really old stuff. And so nice. what's, what's kind of exciting for me is to take like my workout routine, you know, maybe I'm doing some push-ups and maybe I'm doing some pull-ups and doing some squats and things like that. What if I combine those movements with almost like a yoga meditative component? What if I treat each of those movements, each rep as if I'm going through a yoga posture and I'm breathing and I'm feeling and I'm sensing and I'm, I'm very engaged in what's happening in my body. And, and to me that, you know, it doesn't have to be something new but it's a new experience of something that I've been doing for almost a lifetime or yes, very, you know, quite literally for a lifetime. So to take, you know, everyday stuff and to, and to say, well, okay, I've been doing squats and I've been doing pushups and I've been doing pull-ups. I've been doing them forever. Can I find a little bit of a nuance? Can I find a little bit of a, of a change and a shift and make it feel a little bit smoother, make it feel a little bit more efficient. And I like to do this with, you know, whether I'm going for a run or, 
you know, if I'm working on maybe some boxing moves or, you know, some, some kicks or, or whatever kind of movement practice it is, how do I kind of get in there and get a little bit deeper into it and, and find some ease? Because, you know, something that I think is really interesting is if you look at like a house cat, you know, they're so relaxed, they're so just kind of at ease in themselves. And then boom, and you know, in a split second, they've pounced on something. Right. And so they go from full relaxed to full activity and then back to relax. And their athletic feats are really spectacular. And you see this in the animal world. And then you see humans and we're tight and we're tense. And, you know, I see people in my day-to-day world who can't squat, who can't do a push-up if their life depended on it, who can't touch their toes if their life depended on it. Right. We're so tight, tense, bound up. What's happening there to glue us into these positions? Well, modern day life, we're sitting in chairs, we're, you know, everything is in a seated position. We have all of the entertainment, all of the the everything that we want is in our hand in a cell phone. Well, how do we kind of get out of that and break out of that? And so that's exciting to me is to kind of bring some of these paleo philosophies into that, get people up, get people moving, try to get them back into their primal animal self because we are animals and we've got this body and I think we, you know, really should, you know, treat it like our our best pet. Like how do you how do you want your number one most favorite pet treated? Give it good food, give it opportunities to move, let it do the thing that it it should be doing naturally. So that's what this is all about. That's awesome. Um, really look forward to this app. I'm definitely, I'm on board. Um, so we go to, we either search the app store and just put Paleo Magazine and then right. Paleo Mag online and then also the fitness will come up. So there'll yep. be a couple options there. Yeah, and it's available on you know Amazon.com apps has it, Google Play apps. So if someone's using an Android phone, they can access it too. Um, it's on the App Store, so really whatever you know, whatever platform, whatever type of device you have, whether it's a Kindle or you know some other sort of e-reader, um, you'll have a, a way to access it. Great, and so then that also it's it comes out every two months. There's right. a there's a new. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much. Anything else you'd like to share with our audience or any kind of paleo thoughts or, or yeah check out uh check out paleo magazine radio it's a weekly podcast that i host uh we have people from all over the paleosphere and beyond um you know certainly like bringing in people that are well known in the paleo world whether it's uh, you know bill and haley of primal palette whether it's mark sisson or rob wolf but then we also like to bring in some people like gretchen rubin or jared stone and authors that are talking about habits or talking about you know, going eating their way through a grass-fed cow for an entire year as somebody who's never even learned about paleo or knew about paleo prior to that. So, you know, it's it's a podcast where it's it's kind of broadening the conversation of paleo to, to other aspects of health and well-being. Um, so, Paleo Magazine Radio, check that out. Paleo Fitness, uh, it's on the App Store, and uh, I think that's probably about it. I mean, there's there's enough information out there for people, but um, you know, those are the ones that I've got my hands in. And we'll have all of these links to find you on Twitter and social media and everything. We will have this posted on the uh, on our blog for this podcast so people can cool. contact you and like you or friend you, etc. Um, thank you so much, Tony, for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Hey, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. Thanks.